you're listening to Her Hacks Podcast, a podcast by women in cybersecurity for everyone. I'm Lauren. I'm Connie. I'm Diana. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Christine. In today's Her Hack, we're going to talk about the origin story behind Her Hacks Podcast, how we got started, how we met, and how each of us found our path to cybersecurity. So before we get started, we want to give you all some background about our journeys in InfoSec and cybersecurity, just so that you can know how we met each other and what drew us to this field. All right, so I'm going to start us off with the first question. What were you like growing up and were you into tech things? Um, So growing up, I didn't have any brothers, but I actually did enjoy playing with Legos. So I guess that's kind of like a token engineer thing. And I really loved Nancy Drew computer games. I thought solving mysteries was the coolest thing ever. I thought maybe I could be a private investigator or something. Um, I think my dad was a huge influence because he worked for Bell Labs. So I grew up around having like computers and a bunch of those really old handset phones. Um, and I also watched this show, Connie and Deanna, you've probably never heard of this, but Rebecca and Lauren probably heard of Inspector Gadget. Uh, That was probably the biggest tech thing I was into because I was obsessed with that TV show. So uh, we can probably just go around and everybody tell me what you were like growing up. It's funny because I feel like I'm the exact opposite of that, of like growing up. I was very into, like my parents were both educators. So We had a lot of educational toys that were some blocks, some building things, some solving puzzles, and those were really fun. But like, I really loved to play with dolls. And then we lived in like a pretty small community where a lot of, there were a lot of kids the same age who would just be outside all the time. And so I feel like I never was into something that I could like specifically pinpoint as tech or pinpoint as like science or computer. I feel like I was playing with some of the more stereotypically pink toys and just outside a lot and using my brain very creatively to build things out of mud and play different, like, you know, playing house or, or things like that outside. So it's, it's interesting how we kind of have different backgrounds on that. Oh, I see. I actually, I also loved playing dolls and my parents wouldn't buy me like the expensive stuff. So I didn't have like the Barbie mansion or like, well, for me, it was like Polly Pocket mansion. Mm, but Polly I would, Pockets. I yes. built my Polly Pocket a car because my parents wouldn't buy it for me. <laughs> oh, I love that. No, I just accessorized everything. I was kind of lame. I never thought about like, I should build things for my things. It was, it was not a good car. It was not good. I was kind of similar um, to Lauren, more Lauren a little bit. I definitely, when I was like way younger, I played a lot more with dolls and like dress up and like house. Um, I, I didn't really, yeah, my, my, me, my sister and all of our friends played house all the time. Um, so I didn't really like grow up with a lot of like gadgety things. I think my parents tried to give me a lot more gadgety toys and stuff like that later on when I was a little bit older. And around then there was a lot of campaigning for like women in STEM and like girls in STEM. And like elementary school, they like targeted that later, but I'll, we can get into that later. In the early days of my life, I was very much way more like dolls and playdates and like dress up kind of vibes. Yeah. What about you, Connie? Yeah, I was also like house cooking. I had like a whole like kitchen at like mini like plastic food I would cook up every weekend for my <laughs> friends. 
Um, I was a little dinner party. I was, yeah, really into puzzles. Puzzles are like my thing, and they still are. I'm like a huge puzzle avid. I'm like in a puzzle swap with some of my friends, and they're like grandparents. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love puzzles. I can't believe I didn't know this. Yeah, I did like a project. We'll have to swap puzzles sometime. (laughs) Can we please? Yeah. Um, I did like a project in elementary school about like how to the best like optimal way to complete a puzzle oh, <laughs> that's awesome. actually like super cool rebecca yeah. what about you i want to know what you were like as a little kid i know i feel like just like a weird southerner because i like played in mud like yes. legitimately all the time and i had one of my best childhood friends we dug this huge hole in the back of her parents house and they were so upset and we made this huge mud pool <laughs> <laughs> and we just like laid in it and I just remember playing in mud I remember having a dirt pile when my parents built like a pool playing in dirt and mud and I think I actually remember my parents had Windows 95 computer that I played with but I mean we had Windows 95 in like the early 2000s so we were just really slow to adapt to technology in my household I had no chance didn't have any connection to the internet whatsoever I just used it for like word processing mm. mostly and I would write like these stupid little Aww. stories when I was younger. Yeah, I just remember writing lots of stories, just like imaginative kind of stuff and playing like computer games. But that's really most of my tech experience. That just jostled like two memories for me. Yeah, One of like the mud. I now have this distinct memory of like making mud patties and smashing them onto the tree and trying to draw Jesus's face. Like that is a memory. (laughs) That could sell for a lot. Talk about like a a Southern memory. And then we did a lot of... um, Kid Picks. Did you guys ever play Kid Picks on the computer with like the art and drawing? Yeah. Art and drawing, yeah. That's what I used a computer for. What was your first computer game memory? Is it Kid Picks? I think for me, yeah, it's definitely Kid Picks. What about you, Rebecca? I think it's that, what's it called? It's on Windows 95. It's like you ski. The one I can remember, it's like you're a character that's skiing down a slope. Oh. And this like abominable snowman eats you. I have no idea what that oh. is. It's called Ski Free. <laughs> Free. Oh, I have one. I had um El- an Elmo computer game that I loved. It was like so fun. And then I had Madeline. Which oh, I- Madeline. I had like a super Madeline. fun Madeline yeah. game where like you would travel. You to like you got to travel to like all these different countries. I don't know. I would just play the same games like over and over again. I'm really interested in uh, Connie and Deanna. Like, what is your first computer game that you had? I was going to say, I have no context for what any of those games are. I don't <laughs> know. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in the Webkins, Pop Tropical era, Club Penguin. That's not like computer games or like webs like, or like DS games. Yeah, you had, like, websites. That's, wow. I'm guessing you never had to put, like, a CD into a computer to get your game. No. That sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds, no. Oh, it was. Oh, man. Like, so the Nancy Drew computer games, they were, like, you know, really complex. And so when you went to certain spots on the map, you had to, like, change the CD. What? Okay. Well, that's actually, no, That that's true. But, you know, when did we start getting into science or tech? Because... For me, I always was into science and by extension, technology. Computers are the tools that enable us to discover, build and support our world. And I was very much into like paleontology and dinosaurs as a kid. And my parents would buy me these dinosaur replicas. I don't even want to say that they were toys because they were like modeled after actual dinosaurs. They weren't made to like just be particularly ferocious. They were supposed to be like scientifically as accurate or as accurate as they, they could be. And I would arrange them 
all of my dinosaurs by like geologic time periods. Oh, so yeah, so, so I would have like the different dinosaur species that lived during the three different periods. Yeah. So for like my little icon, like the little purple plastic triceratops that I'm sitting on, you know, it's from the Cretaceous period. Oh, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What about uh, what about you, Connie? I kind of always just gravitated towards math and science. Like they were always my favorite subjects. I had the best teachers in them. Um, nice. Yeah, I think teachers are awesome. Definitely shaped like kind of what I was interested in. So I think that played a really big role in kind of a natural pro- progression of like math, science, computer science. I agree. My my family also, um, there's a lot of teachers in my family. So growing up, my parents would buy us these little books from I don't know if it was called the learning store or something, but I would basically do math problems for fun. I was always really like into math as a kid. I thought science was interesting. Like I always did the science fair and stuff. So I guess I was kind of always drawn to it. And then as I got older, uh, I thought biology was kind of gross. So I was not no. going to take any more of that. I was, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I, I thought it. I thought it was gross. And then chemistry, I actually really liked, but I was pretty bad at the labs. I would always be like burning stuff or like burning myself or like spilling things. I'm pretty chaotic. So that obviously would not be a good fit. And so the only science that I actually kind of enjoyed that helped me make this jump from science to computers was physics. I did a little bit of physics that had to do with learning binary and when I learned how to convert decimal to binary I was like well this is super cool but Lauren so your parents had you play a lot outside but they they were teachers so did they push you into science and tech do you think really I feel like my parents were pretty good about doing whatever my mom for most of my like growing up years was like at first she was uh, like an elementary teacher then she was actually she was actually a computer teacher but what that meant in like the early 2000s was she was like installing kid pics on computers <laughs> and I think that's why I liked it so much and we had like the clamshell orange mac and one of my friends in fourth grade spilled a soda on and I didn't understand why that was such a big deal that we had ruined um, an expensive computer but my dad was a math teacher so I think there was always a little bit of influence there to be more interested in math but for me math and science were the most challenging subjects they were the ones that really made me think i think like the the other subjects that i took i didn't have to put as much work into um and i could i could do well in them and i think that's actually what as i got older drew me into science and tech. Um, it was like a challenge. Yeah, exactly. It was challenging me. It was working my brain. Yes. And like, I loved chemistry. And then also my favorite teachers were the chemistry teacher and some of the math teachers, but mostly like the chemistry and the science teachers. They were my favorite. And um, for a long time, <laughs> I was actually torn between creative writing. Like in high school, I wrote like a 200 page novel that's no good and it's never ever seeing the light of day unless we get a million subscribers to her hacks podcast and then maybe i'll consider publishing it um (laughs) if i even have it anywhere but like i was very torn going into college of like 
am I going to be a creative writer or am I going to be an engineer? And I thankfully had all of these really strong female role models in my science teachers who basically told me you have to go to like, go to engineering. That's where the money is. That's where the job security is. Um, and then I thought I was going to do pulp and paper because NC state used to give a full ride for a pulp and paper scholarship. Oh. And like, for me financially, it's like what is that? making paper. Making it's not, paper? it's not interesting to me. I just wanted it because I liked the appeal of competing and getting a full ride scholarship and knowing that like I would have a guaranteed job, although it would be working in like a paper mill would be <laughs> what <laughs> the application oh, for that. Oh, is it like as a chemical <laughs> engineer so, or something? But I went to an NC state information night and they got rid of the scholarship. So it was like, okay, that's off the list. Ooh. Not going to do that. So then I just went into college and the only thing I had an interest in was sustainability. And I was like, well, I guess we'll see how this plays into engineering. And then eventually it became computers. So I think Diana, we, we haven't heard from you. Yeah. Um, I think that when I, so when I was a kid in general, I was more of the humanities, like the English and the history classes were my weaker my weaker set of classes randomly. I'm not sure why. I like one reason that I think might be the case and like my family immigrated to the US when I like was only like two years old. And so like some of like my parents built Kazakh and my, I was born in Kazakhstan and my family immigrated to the US when I was like two. Um, and my parents spoke Kazakh and my sister spoke Russian. Everyone else spoke English, like I, everyone else spoke English, but I didn't have, oh, wow. like I wasn't exposed. Your sister spoke a different no. language. Sorry to cut you off, but your sister spoke a different she language. She understood than your Kazakh, parents. but I think she had like a Russian nanny growing up. So I think I think she understood some Kazakh, but I think she primarily spoke a lot more Russian. Wow, that's really interesting. And so I wasn't really exposed to English at all until I, from my understanding, the way, the way, the, from my understanding, I, I wasn't really exposed to English until I went to elementary school. Um, I but maybe like here and there I was, and I pro I probably did speak some English, but. I think I was just like, I showed up to elementary school and I was like confused. Um, and also that could be the reason why I'm maybe, maybe there's a whole other set of reasons why like English and like history and the humanities used to be my weaker set of subjects. But like math was great for me because like math, like my parents could help me with math. My parents mm -hmm. like- It's so universal. Like, yeah, it's like universal, right? When I go like back, going back to home, like my sister would help me with my English homework or my history homework or like, but my parents, like everyone, like math was like more universal. Um, so I like to think that's why I was stronger in the STEM subjects. Um, I, maybe that's not the case, I don't know. Um, but that's why, that's my hypothesis right now as to why I was more STEM inclined. Um, also like my mom like took me to like a bunch of chess tournaments and she really wanted me to be like into chess and like oh. she like she gave me like a math tutor and stuff so I think maybe like that extra support that she gave me um helped me lean more into STEM um so I think like I was like leaning more into STEM later on and then um and then like there was like I never really thought about computer science ever as or tech ever as a field um because you don't have, really have any classes in it in in, in elementary school or like high or, or middle school or anything but there was a cybersecurity club in my um, high school, which I think I'll go into great length later in a different episode about um, that really like helped me kind of like visualize a career in tech and, and kind of like see what it was like. And, and it, it kind of sparked my interest um, later on. So talking about cybersecurity, what drew you guys into cybersecurity? Did you start in computer science and then switch to cyber or just head right into it? Um, personally, for me, I'm kind of doing 
computer science and cybersecurity at the same time. Like I'm taking, I'm majoring in computer science with a cybersecurity focal path. So kind of taking cyber classes that count for my major as well. But what initially drew me into cybersecurity was kind of, I really loved, I, I really like Christine's um, analogy of the castle, like protecting the castle. I love that like mission and feeling like my work was valued and important. And like what better way than to like protect our most valuable information online than cybersecurity. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I can't take credit for that. It was uh, someone's dad that worked for shout Lockheed out to Martin. Him. Yeah. So shout out, shout Such out a daddy. That, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Lockheed Martin. <laughs> Not sponsored. <laughs> I think Connie is referencing the story that I've told to our little friend group in the past of how I was drawn into cybersecurity, which was uh, I wanted to be a lawyer. And then I watched SVU and I thought, never mind. That looks sad and scary. scary. So then my high school had a a career day. And in career day, like it was actually really boring. Nobody wants to be there. We were just shuffled to different classrooms and we didn't really get a whole lot of autonomy to pick like where we ended up but somehow I was like one of the kids like stuck in the hallway when the bell rang so I got like you know yelled at to go into some random classroom and there's this guy someone's dad talking about cybersecurity, and he said he worked for Lockheed Martin when I was in high school it like really wasn't a, a buzzword yet so I had never even heard of cybersecurity. and he was explaining that the computer is like a castle and you want to protect this castle. So just like a castle has moats and guards and, you know, booby traps to capture intruders. Like if you work in cybersecurity, you have to build those same types of protections and traps in your system. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And I thought I'd be pretty good at it. So I went home and after seeing that presentation, I asked my dad, like, hey, if I want to do cybersecurity, like, what should I major in in college? And my dad was like, you should do computer engineering. So I was a computer engineering major, but my entire focus was, like, I think cybersecurity is cool, and I want to do that. That makes total sense. It is cool. It is cool. So I originally went to school for music, um, violin. What? No way. I didn't know that. Wait, we, we talked about this. You and I we need did? to do like a, yeah, we need to like do a duet <gasps> together. Or Can something. we do a duet? Yeah. We, we should Connie, do the intro. Do you play violin? <laughs> yeah, we both do. I played for like Whoa. 10 years in like yeah. uh, school, high school. So, yeah. School, yeah. Wow. But um, You're so talented. My mom loves the violin. Oh, it's her favorite oh, instrument. It's beautiful. And honestly, I never really aspired for much. So I grew up in like a really small town where like my classmates drove their tractors to school and yes. we had we had one grocery store in like 20 miles. I didn't really have any strong role models in technology. I'm like the only like technology professional, cybersecurity, computer science professional like in my family and all of my extended family and in my entirety of my family. So the, really just growing up, I knew that I wanted to just get out of my small town, you know? And I think I took an operating systems class in college and I enjoyed learning about computers in general. And I was—I think I had an affinity to them in, in a way. Like I was like my the IT tech of my family when everything went wrong with the computers. I kind of just enjoyed 
like learning and problem solving. It was like with Windows. And I think with the onset of cybersecurity, like in the news with the target breach and President Obama calling for well-trained cybersecurity professionals, it, it just to me seems like an in-demand field with exponential opportunity and growth. And I was like that I'm going to, I'm just going to pursue that because I really valued independence and financial stability and just getting out of the sticks. So that's what I went with. Not a, not a real sexy story, but. No, that, that really resonates with me, Rebecca, because I also grew up in a small town and I feel like every small town near me, it's like (laughs) the one grocery store is a food lion, you know, and that's what you've got for 20 miles. And then if you're lucky, maybe you get to a Walmart. And I felt like kind of very similarly growing up in a small, a small community. um, And that's why I chose to go into engineering over creative writing is because the opportunities and the career options were, they were just seemed endless to me. Um, and you could do anything with an engineering degree. Yeah. Whereas like with a writing degree, there was a good chance I would be living with my parents, trying to write a story and make money or, or doing jobs to get by. And that was not appealing to me. And I didn't even know until my second year of college that I even was like remotely interested in computers. No, same. I, I was actually my two-year mark as well. Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's wild because it's like going into college, there's so many options and you think you want one thing and you don't know. And even in the engineering school, I mean, the only way I found computers is because computer science was required by the time you completed your first year to continue on in engineering. And I took a class yeah. and I took like the most basic class you could take like hand holding 101 with dr java like no real ide (laughs) no syntax checking and we probably spent a full two hours writing out a hello world application and i will never forget how excited i was when i figured out how to print something out on my screen on my computer (laughs) like so small but it was like i get it I can do this. Like, this is something that I'm smart enough to do. But then I doubted myself. And so I stayed in civil engineering because I wasn't sure, oh, is this too easy? Is this too simple? Is that why I like it? Like, I had a lot of, like, am I smart enough to do this? A lot of those fears kind of pulling me back. So I actually stuck with civil engineering. And it wasn't until I started looking for internships and jobs that I decided to switch over to computer science and I had taken classes through college, but I don't actually have any sort of computer degree. And it wasn't even until I was working in the industry until I really considered cybersecurity or heard about it. And most of the way I think about cyber, for me, a lot of it is like the practical skills of keeping an application safe. It's less of, it's more of that like, building the moat or building the defenses about around the castle. I feel like that's where my experience is and that's where my interest is. And I still have a lot of that software because I'm still in a software role, but it's like slowly changing my mindset to hmm. learn more about cyber, cyber and consider the different aspects of cyber. As I mentioned earlier, my first kind of exposure to tech, um, all things tech, not just cybersecurity, was that cybersecurity club in high school. Um, so my like first exposure to like engineering, computer science, anything was cybersecurity. And I think that's what kind of like kept me like in the field is that that was kind of where I started. 
Um, and it, the reason why I kept sticking with it is, is one, because I found it very interesting, obviously, and I enjoyed it, but also for the reasons that um, Lauren and Rebecca talked about of like independence and kind of very yeah. like optimal career prospects. I always like really, really wanted to like ensure my own, like, like, like anyone else, like I wanted to really ensure my own like success and independence. Like I never wanted to rely on anyone else to take care of myself. And this seemed like a career path that like I was interested in, but also like really gave me a lot of great opportunities to do that. And so I kept my interest going along almost um, I was creating when I got to college and uh -huh. I met the wonderful Connie. Um, and together we started a chapter of this national organization, international, it's it's a pretty big organization um, called Women in Cybersecurity at, oh my God, no, at the college yeah. we attend. <laughs> in college. <laughs> yeah, so I initially brought up the idea of starting a chapter after I talked to a coworker at my internship who had started her own chapter at another university and really encouraged me to look into expanding our community at college. And I was like, Deanna, let's start this women in cybersecurity club. Um, <laughs> basically, it was really easy to start. Okay, one of our first events through WESIS was a WESIS panel. So Dion and I both invited alumni from our university, as well as coworkers, friends, pretty much anyone we could get our hands on for this Tuesday night meeting. And these three lovely ladies showed up, luckily. At this panel event, we all like got introduced to each other. And I, I wasn't there for that call. I left early, but I think the rest of you ladies like got to talking and realized that like there was a lot to talk about and you guys got got along really well. And then you guys came up with the idea with the podcast. Yeah, so at the time, Connie was interning at the company that I was working for and I was kind of tasked with- My babysitter. I was like your babysitter. I was overseeing <laughs> that you were acclimating- All my dumb questions. That you were acclimating culturally to the, to the company or whatever. Mentoring. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hope it was good for you. Because basically we just, yeah, we just met like once a week. I tried to like steer you, I guess, or- we have deep conversations. But yeah. yeah, you invited me to the panel and then I was okay. nervous and I was like, I know someone who would be amazing on the panel and it was Christine. And so I, Christine and I- Wasn't it actually Susie? And no. Then Susie. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, don't, I, I messaged I Susie. No, Susie said she was busy. I think she was out for- Yeah, I never asked Susie. Reason. I, I think I emailed her. Oh, so I wasn't like the second. No, you were my first choice. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Yeah. But not to throw shade, Christine, we added you like the day of because yeah. <laughs> I remember because I don't know, either some communication. I don't know. But yeah, like I, Rebecca asked me and I said yes. Sorry, I cut you off. Go keep going. I think I didn't get a confirmation or something until like the day of. I don't remember. Yeah. And I was like, oh, do I add her? Because we already advertised like the other four girls, like blah, blah, blah. I don't even know her. I think I like <laughs> messaged you and I was yeah. like, hey, is this today or something? Yeah, that's something like that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who does this girl think she is? Can you just yeah, join, our, <laughs> join our panel last minute? <laughs> and meanwhile, like here I am sitting on the guest list for a while after like kind of conning my way in conning. because I remember yeah well Connie and Deanna um we met like once face to face maybe 
Um, but we have this. Was it out of football uh, game? Probably. But we had like we met through the girls' group me, and I remember you sent this message to like, "Hey, does anybody work in cyber?" And my response was, "Well, I'm a software engineer, but I do have to think about security, and I have some experience." um like on the cloud side from protecting my applications so like does that count and that's why i say conning my way in because then i got onto the panel and everybody else is laying out their credentials and i'm looking around and i'm like oh i have uh or maybe oversold <laughs> my skills here or i just bring a different a different set of skills a refreshing a uh, different voice to the the panel and was immediately intimidated but in a good way by everybody because everybody like rebecca christine you guys just had all of this different experience that i had never even considered and i was so impressed but then when we all started talking i was just so surprised how similar some of our experiences were and that to me was what was so powerful i mean i mean you're a software engineer whose company got hacked so like what better experience is that (laughs) Yes, <laughs> they did get hacked, and uh, that was a fun exercise. That was, wasn't that just like S3 bucket permissions or something stupid? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that some other time. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll bleep out the company name and... Uh, uh, well, oh. everyone's going to know. <laughs> well, I don't work, I don't work there anymore. Lauren, why didn't you protect the castle? Protect the castle. <laughs> I remember meeting you guys and being impressed and like excited to meet all of you guys. But I remember in particular, um, Rebecca, I remember, especially, I remember talking to Connie about this after the call as well. I remember like, no, not just like everything. I remember like, like seeing you and hearing you and being like, oh my God, Rebecca's so cool. Like, I remember like Connie and I, like, I think we We FaceTimed or something. Uh, Like several times, like after some calls we'd FaceTime and you and Connie and I would just gush about how cool you were. Oh yeah, gosh. you were like really put together. You still are. Like I don't know why I'm using that. Yeah, time. no, I still feel that <laughs> I have, way. I have gone da- down. No. <laughs> girl, no. Funny, no. Deanna, that you say that because I was trying to think about my impressions of everybody, and Rebecca, you stood out to me the most because I was scared of you. You look like, and I say that in a good way because you were so like put together. You were so like. You knew your stuff. I was intimidated, not scared. Cool. I was intimidated, just like getting on the panel. Cool. It was like, I was not, I was running a little late, shocker, I know. And then I came on and you were just like prepared. You had all these answers. <laughs> you were so thoughtful. I was like, oh my gosh. And then you were talking about a little bit of what you just talked about, um, about your background and like part of the reason that you chose engineering was the financial independence and the the financial security that came with with that and that like I still think about that a lot and that just really stood out to me and made an impression and then I also remember trying to copy down Christine's email as like quickly as I could because I realized she worked across the street from me and I wanted to get lunch with her and then I realized you eventually I realized you also worked across the street Rebecca and I was like oh okay like we oh, can yeah, have a group like these could be my new friends and that was my impression from the panel was like these people could be my friends and I could hang out with them and I would like to have them in my life and now here we are <laughs> yeah that's that's what I thought I was like wow I have friends now um yeah. Rebecca you are 
intimidating I think because you are so pretty and so smart and you are so confident that I think when I first met you I I don't know people meet you it's just like wow she's really cool and then you get to know you and you're like wow she's way cooler than I even knew oh thank you so much this is like the Rebecca powwow here Um, (laughs) I appreciate it the Rebecca fan club yeah (laughs) So obviously, like when I, my first impressions of everyone, like I knew Connie going into it and I was honored when you asked me to, to join the panel. I was nervous to ask you even though. Um, oh, that's crazy. Other friends, but... Yeah, no, I think that's crazy. I, I mean, like well, as soon as you asked me, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to do really? this. Oh yeah. Aww. Like, because. Wait, why? I think talking about like myself and like my experiences is like. It's hard. I don't know why You're we're so doing You're so modest. This. You. I just don't, I just don't like talking about like, yeah, like myself or my experiences, I think. Yeah, I I think it's intimidating to do. About you. It doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) It's not about me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, and obviously, I just think with the whole panel, I thought, you know, Christine was just so interesting and so I don't want to say warm (laughs) no she is you're very very warm Christine is that a bad thing to say it's it's not it's it's not not, no we have an inside joke because um people always like talk to me and they'll like tell me their like deep dark secrets and they just I get approached a lot and people are like you're just I feel like you're so approachable like you're so like open like I feel like I remember vividly when you joined the panel it was like on your phone or something and like honey was like on the bed (laughs) it's a little chaotic but it was in a good way (laughs) it's bad I think because people they do approach me and sometimes I get like unwanted attention because people think they can just like tell you their life story or yeah yeah (laughs) and like it can be um a little overwhelming I think for me (laughs) yeah no definitely and then I think when we all like towards the end of the panel we just like stayed on Mm -hmm. the line and I just remember you know Christine was talking about you just kept talking about our experiences and then Christine was talking about like oh we should how we should download signal (laughs) and um I remember that yeah and then I think from that we just who whose idea was it to start this podcast? Was it you, Lauren? Christine? I don't. I think it was Lauren. Christine and I talking, and both saying that we wanted to do a podcast, but not really talking to each other. Just been like, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast, and then like, like the light bulb went on, and we turned and we're like, oh, we should do a podcast about this. Like, oh yeah, Christine, yeah. because you were like. I was looking for a medium or a platform to which I could explain cyber topics but not have to show my face. And so you were like, <laughs> podcasting is perfect for it. Oh, yeah. Because I yeah. Just, one reason why I really actually didn't mind the pandemic was not having to do my hair and makeup mm-hmm. every day for work. And I was like, oh, it's so much easier to like collaborate with my coworkers and just hop on a call instead of having to like get dressed for work I just I don't know and there's something that we probably will talk about on this episode like our experiences as women but I personally feel a lot of pressure to dress up and wear makeup and do my hair for work and it's actually super distracting for me because I lose time Mm -hmm. in my day (laughs) doing well and I think that's what stood out to me about the the panel was that it was kind of the first time that I had 
been in a group of strangers because we were, I mean, we all kind of knew each other, but we didn't all know everyone in the group. So coming into a group where not everybody knows each other's backstory and to just be able to talk and each bring our own unique experiences to the table and just have every single other woman understand and get it. And not only were we sharing like some of the bad things, like what you were just talking about, Christine, with the, the pressure to get dressed and get ready or um, being interrupted or talked over, skipped for promotions. Like we were also talking about our biggest wins in the panel and having, like, I just remember Christine and Rebecca, you guys were getting so excited for each other and for everybody else. And really like, it just felt like this, almost indescribable energy of this like positive thing to be able to talk about it all. And it felt like instantly, like I had found a community and I think that was just so powerful. Like it, it seemed like we couldn't leave the call without doing something about it. And that's why we stayed on for two hours later because we didn't want to let it go. And we knew we needed to find a way to like share that with the world. At least that's how I felt. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I felt like we finally had a community where we had experienced similar things. And I think we thought that it would be useful for other women to know that other people have that shared experience because it can be really frustrating if you are the only girl in your class or the only woman on your team or the only woman at your company and you are experiencing all of these things and you don't know how you feel about it and you don't know who to talk to about it because it just it it's just it doesn't really make sense until you've heard somebody else say it and then you're like oh, I felt that too or like I experienced that too and then you feel so much better and you like know how to put your experience into words and honestly that's the whole reason why we wanted to found this podcast and create this community so to spread the outreach that you know you're not alone we all have very similar experiences and no you're not crazy it's the patriarchy <laughs> yeah. you should put that on a t-shirt you're not yeah. crazy it's the patriarchy <laughs> so obviously making a community for women in cyber was one of our big goals for our podcast what would you guys say are some of the other big goals that we have for Her Hacks? And like, what are we trying to accomplish and what do listeners have to look forward to with this podcast? So I definitely am looking forward to Connie and Deanna and getting their takes because I feel like they offer the Gen Z perspective mm -hmm. <laughs> on everything and they know about a lot of like up and coming technology that I actually don't know about because it's like either social media based or just something that's so new. And I feel like I kind of get stuck using like my same old things. So I'm excited for their, just their perspective uh, on things and kind of like as the series goes on, finding out about things from them and learning new cool Gen Z lingo. No, lingo. First of all, lingo is out. No. It's slang, Christine. It's slang. What, a, what does base mean? People always say that, and I'm like, is that good or bad? Slang? It based. It's based. Isn't that like based? Based is good. Base? Cringe is bad. And then there's also deserved, which I sometimes use as the opposite of base, and that's wrong. 
Isn't basic also bad, though? So why is based good and basic bad? I think based, like, with a D at the end, is, like, is, like, good. It's, like, you're, it's, like, saying that something that's, like, true and, like, good, like. Yeah, it kind of replaces, like, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know any of these words, guys. <laughs> so cringe, Christine, so cringe. <laughs> so cringe. Well, me and Kanye are obviously excited to learn from you guys as well, because we're, like, brand new to the industry, and I think that getting, um, like, people who are a little more seasoned than us, is, like, that your perspectives on learning from you guys. Oh, also. my God, we're seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> I said a little more seasoned, you know, just a little. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> a little salt, a little pepper. Fried out and burned. At least we're not like turkey over here or something, you know? We're on the way. We're on the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely excited to talk about like up and coming research and white papers that we can discuss on the podcast to kind of maybe translate for, for our audience. Yeah, I was going to say uh, making cybersecurity more accessible yeah. and not so daunting for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like everyone can apply cybersecurity concepts and safety into their lives and it doesn't have to be someone sitting in a dark room in a black hoodie (laughs) coding. Yeah, and I think kind of along that, like I'm looking forward to the range of topics that we're going to cover. You know, we'll be able to dive into some of these really technical concepts, but then we can also pull back and do some workplace tips or intro to cybersecurity or um, I know we definitely want to do a series about the history of women in cyber and how that's changed over time. Um, and I've started doing some research for that. And I'm I'm really excited to talk about that because it's so wild to see how far we've come in a hundred years. Um, and I also like my heart goes out to some of the soft skills just because I feel like sometimes those get overlooked or they get pushed onto women in particular and not necessarily to men. So I am I am so looking forward to talking about that. <laughs> By nature of definition of soft skill, it just doesn't seem as important mm-hmm. or as necessary mm-hmm. just by how the phrase that yeah. we like Yeah, and really it. what it is is just how to communicate your ideas in a way that everybody else around you understands you. Like- yeah, Christine, you were talking about that, EQ. Yeah, yeah. I actually had a really interesting meeting at work where a senior level manager said that he wants our company and specifically our organization to value EQ just as equally as IQ. And that is the first time I've ever heard that at an engineering organization. I was I sent him a follow up email after and I was like, wow, I, I really love this because I feel like that is never valued Mm -hmm. as much as it should be. And so it made me really excited um, about working under this new reorg that happened at my job. But yeah, I feel like we will have a lot to say about that later in this season. And um, we're just really excited to build this community with episodes that share our experiences and give some educational content about cybersecurity for everyone out there. And I wanted to just touch before we close on why we created our tagline, Her Hacks Podcast, created by women in cybersecurity for everyone. Because even though this podcast is definitely going to be geared towards women in our experiences, we want everyone to be able to listen 
And whether they're listening as an ally or somebody who has similar experiences, but maybe they don't identify as women, they still can relate to what we are going through. So we wanted to let all of our listeners know that no matter who you are, you might enjoy and benefit from our content. I've actually started researching for that series, and I'm really excited for us to put that together and bring it to you guys so that we can highlight all of these incredible women in the field and actually the first way we wanted to start doing that was by consciously releasing this podcast on Ada Lovelace Day which is October 11th 2022 or the second Tuesday of the month of October. For those of you who don't know Ada Lovelace is considered the first computer programmer of all time and so it's so special for us to be able to release the podcast on Ada Lovelace Day and pay tribute to her legacy. So to end our little introduction episode, we're going to play a fun game called Who is Most Likely To? to get to know my co-host and I. So the first one we have is who is most likely to have a reality show? Countdown, Connie. Three, two, one. Christine. 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 Or me. Oh, God. I knew you guys were going to say me because, um... (laughs) I do have weird things happen to me pretty often. Yeah. You know, I'm so warm (laughs) that... uh, Christine Christine is chaotic good. Chaotic good. Oh, yeah. Chaotic good. Um, (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I I could see that. I think crazy things always happen to me. Um, So that that tracks. I would love to have a reality TV show. I would watch it. About I love watching reality myself. TV. So. I would love that. <laughs> I would not want to. Wait, I'll film I you. I think it would be <laughs> kind of boring. Like, I don't know. I don't have enough crazy stuff. I would be interested, I would. though. I feel like I could be. I could make it fun. You can be on mine, apparently. Yeah, yeah we all are. We're already on Christine's. It could be a Her Hacks <laughs> reality yes, show. Yeah. <laughs> Her Hacks house. Oh, my God, yeah. Her it's like vlogging. Oh my god. That's the only way you can buy property where we live. (laughs) We all have to go into it together. So I guess you're saying that I have great main character energy. (laughs) 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 All right, so who would most likely get the most tattoos? Three, two, one. Diana. Diana. Okay, so we have a split. I I think it'd be Diana because I don't know, she just seems like it, but I mean Rebecca is cool. also really cool. So yeah, I could see that too. No, I just I'm not into like I don't have any piercings or tattoos, Whoa. guys. I changed my mind to Diana. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I I don't have any tattoos. I've been wanting to get one, but I I haven't. I've been wanting to get one. I've only ever wanted one. A her hex tattoo? That's how it starts, Diana, and then yeah. addicted. I love tattoos. I think they're so cool. Me too. Yeah. Who's most likely to be the best liar? I don't like this one. Countdown. Why? I don't know. I feel three. Like... Oh my god. Two. Rebecca. One. <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> I feel like Christine and I both have the same problem. Is that when we get uncomfortable and we lie, we start to giggle. Yeah, I do that yeah. too. And so, yeah, yeah. I was not. Yeah. I think Christine's pretty good at it. She just pretends Didn't that she's I not. Didn't I lose, though, when we played um that game? 
Oh yeah, you did. Yes. You giggled the whole time. Yeah, we were playing coup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's about a game of it's a game of deception. Yeah. <laughs> I was so bad at it. Yeah, Christine was pretty bad at it. <laughs> no offense. I thought you were really good that was at funny. it. I'd like to be better at it. I'm really bad at um. What's that Christmas game that you like? Guess who gave it to you? Oh, it's it, there's Secret tons Santa? of names for it. Secret, Secret Santa. Secret. Everyone always thinks. I am the one, but I just have, I just smile when people open the, I think it's me because I get so excited, but I just am excited to see what it is too. Is your love language yeah. gifts? It's not, but I do like gifts. <laughs> <laughs> it can be multiple. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I like all the, I think gifts are my number one, but I like, I need all of them. I do. I need all of them too. I'm acts of service. Me too. I'm. My main is acts of acts of service mm-hmm. and quality time. My main is gifts. So take notes. <laughs> <laughs> do you like giving gifts? Um, both. Yeah. I actually. I think I give pretty good presents that are pretty thoughtful. She does. Thank you. I do. I. Yeah. I really take a long time picking out gifts. I kind of like agonize over it sometimes because I'm like, oh, I gotta mm-hmm. get. The best, the best perfect job. gift for people. I'm the same way. Yeah. I always feel so like materialistic and gross when I say that like gifts is like one of my top. Like I don't think it's number one. I think it's like in my top like two or three. It's not materialistic. Like little mementos, right? Like you like little things or yeah, just some, something that yeah. you know that someone's thinking about you. So they got something thinking of you. The thoughtfulness mm-hmm. behind yeah, it. Yeah, it's thoughtfulness. Yeah. Yeah, like when you give yeah. me your um makeup, like your extra makeup sample, Rebecca. It, like and I just know that you're thinking of me. It means so much. I am. Aww. Yeah. Aww. That's really cute. So who's most likely to get arrested? <laughs> yeah. hmm. Three, two, one. Diana. I don't know. I didn't say. I think me or Diana. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Why Diana? I'm interested. Um. Somebody say if you think it's Deanna and why. Okay, I guess I'm the only one that said Deanna. I think Deanna just, like, does a lot. So, like, I think... Um, She's going to make a mistake. Yeah, like, you know, you're, you're always just out doing stuff. So, like, you know, it's a, it's a numbers game. I feel like she's pretty, like, spontaneous. <laughs> why me, do you think? Because you're chaos. I feel like it would happen by, like, complete accident and you would be totally innocent. and Because, like... <laughs> Chaos follows Christine. So I'm thinking if anyone would say, oh, someone was arrested, I would go to Christine because that's that would be my first guess. I could see Deanna getting arrested because she's at some sort of protest and things get out of hand around her. I could see Christine getting arrested because something chaotic has happened and you react to it and start yelling. And then you're just like the innocent bystander who like has witnessed it all. But, you you know, you're innocently like grabbed and arrested. Christine's going to write the wrong email to the wrong person <laughs> and it's, and it's going to happen. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Who would be most likely to join a cult on purpose or on accident? Either one. Uh, three, two, one. Warren. Connie. Connie. <laughs> Connie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, you're right, because Lauren, Whoa. you fall for scams yeah. all the time. I don't really fall for scams. Oh. I just have... Yeah, I don't because you're so I'm you're so innocent, and I feel like you would you would accidentally fall into I just, it. You're very trusting. I'm too trusting. Yeah, I I can think very critically, but I definitely have a blind spot. And if somebody targeted my blind spot, I would be in a cult. Like you know, I wouldn't even know about it. <laughs> All right, Lauren. I feel like what we're are we joining? What are we joining? Some Lauren? sort of like exercise wellness cults that we think we're like oh, doing no. well for ourselves and then it has some sort of like i don't know i don't know where the the bad part is but there is some bad bad part that it takes us a little while to get to yeah oh like on shit's creek <laughs> the biking the biking to uh <laughs> the, the staircase to heaven or whatever yeah. it is <laughs> yeah that yeah. was so funny i would Yes, I the could gateway. definitely. Heaven's Heaven's Gate. That's the one. They didn't yeah. use the name of a real quote cult. They like made up. They called it the Gateway, but I think it was based <laughs> off of Heaven's Gate. So, who is most likely to go viral on the internet? Three, two, one. Lauren. Honey. Christine. Rebecca. <laughs> oh, honey, that's a good one. I, yeah, I know. Oh, I said, honey, honey That's cute. Yeah, I think it's Lauren. Oh, yeah, because, yo, Connie and Diana, we made TikToks. <laughs> no. Oh, yes. I, we yes, saw. Yes, 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 we, like, them. died. We saw them. Oh, my gosh, Rebecca. When it panned to you, I literally died. It was so funny. It was, it was so yeah. dumb. <laughs> that's, that's why I said Rebecca. Because I saw those TikToks. <laughs> that's literally why you said Rebecca. Because I remember watching those TikToks and like seeing you dress up. I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's so, so funny. funny. Like, Find us at TikTok so for Hacks Podcast. <laughs> we've got three, we've got three videos out there. Um, we're working more to on come. more. More to come. Speaking of plugs. Yeah, I guess we should wrap this up. Thank you for listening. Follow us at Her Hacks Podcast. That's Her Hacks with an X for execute permission on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Don't forget to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts so you won't miss a future episode drop and leave us a star for each of our lovely hosts. That's five with an encouraging review. Click the join link for our Discord in our show notes or at herhackspodcast.com to let us know what you think about this episode and also engage with me and other hosts. Women belong in all places where decisions are being made. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. These three lovely ladies showed up, luckily. Say our names. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> which, sorry, which three? Remember, when you say the order of our names, we are interpreting it as most lovely to least lovely. You're right. <laughs> Dr. Java. <laughs>